This is Talk Freight. Talk Freight. And this is Craig Bliss. What's up, everybody? It is Craig. Today is Tuesday. However, we're doing our Make More Money Monday sponsored by truckstop.com. Today, um, I guess we can... Let me turn the sound down. I guess we can call it like Truck Stop Tuesday or Truckers Tuesday. Um, That kind of has a nice ring to it or whatever. But anyways, I was out yesterday... I tried getting back in, you know, before the 6 p.m. Central time to do our uh, our live. However, it just didn't work out that way. So here I am today. What's been up with you guys? You know, I was going through the group today. Our group is actually slow today. There's actually not much going on in terms of, you know, something new in the freight world. At least that's kind of like what I'm getting at. Usually when there's a lot of excitement going on, everybody knows the freight groups kind of light up and chatter. Uh, from everybody in the industry, not just drivers, but also brokers um, and shippers a little bit as well. But of course, brokers, as we all know, probably not going to say too much right now um, because, you know, the market kind of sucks there. Let me turn down here. But anyways, I know not everyone feels the same, but what do you, what do you think about that Washington, D.C. demonstration? Notice how I'm using the word demonstration, not protest or not event, as they've been calling them. Um, you know, back in the past, I know everybody feels a little bit different from it. Um, you know, I felt kind of indifferent in the beginning, you know, um, when this all started, just because I wasn't exactly sure, you know, what was going on. I don't think anybody really knew what was going on besides showing up to Washington, D.C. Um, so I want to briefly talk about that because, you know, that's still somewhat active, I believe. I kind of saw a video today, this morning, maybe you guys did too, that maybe it's dispersing, maybe it's ending. Um I'm not too sure. Besides that, you know, freight volume still low. Freight rates even lower. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess the only good news out of this, because we always have to come up with the good news, is that at least we're counting down the days to the economy, you know, starts opening back up. I say that because it's already been like two months. Yeah, whatever. How long has it been? Two or three months. And so that thing should be opening up uh, here soon. I actually have a link. Um, I'm going to drop it in the chat here. You have to see it from the main page. But there's a link that I found earlier that says like when the 50 states will open up next. I didn't go through all of it. Um, however, I think that link will kind of help out with um, kind of getting a general idea when the states will open up. I should rephrase that. Earlier I said when the markets will open up. I meant to say the states when, you know, the each individual states um, will actually open back up. But, you know, with that, at least as my opinion... As states start opening back up, you know, individually or however, especially the big, you know, freight states, as they open back up, so will freight. That's just usually, um, you know, how it works. I do see a comment here. It was great movement. Thanks to all the people that went out. Hope we get a better outcome from what's currently going on. You know, I, I totally agree with that. Not only that, I saw a post in my group a couple of days ago, you know, when this demonstration was full-fledged, full, fully active, and someone made a post saying, not only to thank the people who went, but also, um, you know, to thank the, the drivers who could not make it. I know there's a lot of, it was kind of weird. You know, some drivers telling other drivers, well, you didn't go, so how can you say that? Not everybody's situation the same. I, I know a ton of drivers in the Facebook groups, not only that brokers, some other people in the logistics industry, who was showing their support one way or, or another without being there. But anyways, that was a good comment there. I just want to mention that because... Um, it's kind of interesting. You have to thank the people who went, but also thank the people, you know, especially the drivers who are active on the backside. 
um, who were not able to make it to Washington, D.C., you know, for one reason um, or another there. But, you know, the rates, as we all know right now, I'm not exactly, he mentioned, I hope there's a good outcome from it. I think we all hope there's a good outcome from it. Um, but what I hope people don't expect is the rates magically go through the roof, you know, in the next couple of days because of the um, Washington, D.C. demonstration or demonstrations like that that either happen at the same time or are going to happen, um, you know, in the next couple of days. But anyways, you know, today, actually, we're also going to pull up Sonar. I know it's been a minute since I pull up that Sonar, you know, data system, whatever, and take a look at the market. But today, I actually want to. I want to pull it up and look at a couple of charts, actually one, I suppose. Um, and that chart is the truckstop.com rate per mile, you know, rate view look. What that does is it kind of compares the truckstop.com rates, posted rates, to um, what the market's looking at. That's often good because um, when you look at that chart, again, I'm no sonar expert, so please don't hold me to it. But I, I just know, I guess, what I'm looking at. But anyways, that chart's good is because drivers or you or me or whoever can see when the market is actually going back up, okay? It's one thing to be told the market's going back up or hearing from your buddy Joe at the truck stop that his shipper friend told him they're about to open. It's another when you actually look at the data and look for a couple cues rather to see um, when that change is taking place. So we will uh, talk about that. We're also going to talk about whoops, my uh, handy notebook here. We're also going to talk about that. You know, going to pull up the sonar, look at the rates. If you guys, if you're a driver and you're interested in comparing rates on a lane, maybe one that you just did, maybe one that you're interested in, uh, maybe one to compare to your shipper mate. Um, excuse me, your rate mate that you have was truckstop.com. Drop that lane in the comments, whether it's like Chicago, Atlanta, Atlanta, Houston, whatever it may be, uh, because I can look that up on the FreightWave Sonar platform. But I just want to mention that just in case. But anyways, we're going to pull up the Sonar, look at the rates, uh, talk about what's going to happen after this demonstration, what I feel or believe could happen, you know, after this demonstration or one like it, um, as well as organizing your operations. That last part, um, the title sounds boring, didn't have anything clever for it, but that kind of goes along with my video I did a few weeks ago called Keeping Your Enemies Closer, but you know, I'll talk about that there soon. What's up, Kyle Graves? I see you coming on. Michael, what's going on with you as well? Thank you for joining in. But before we get into all that, before the nitty gritty, I kind of want to hear y'all's opinion about the Washington, D.C. Um, demonstration. I almost said the, the wrong word. I almost said... Uh, protest. You know, there wasn't a lot of media coverage about it. I know I said that already in the freight groups, at least. Um, freight Broker Live, you know, your favorite freight broker on Facebook. Almost tongue twisted every time. Uh, he actually went. He actually went uh, for a couple of days, I believe, you know, interviewed some drivers, um, talked with some people there. Um, he just went there to show support. I was actually going to go by the last minute, which was Saturday, I believe, Saturday morning. I woke up and thought, you know, um, I, I couldn't do it. So anyways, I couldn't do it. Uh, but he brought up a great point when he was there. And that's kind of like what I was talking to earlier about how drivers saying that people shouldn't be supporting or saying, you know, drivers are supporting somebody more than the other person. He actually made a great point in one of his videos. You know, when he went there, this is a guy who obviously does, you know, news stories every single day. He's a freight reporter. Uh, when he went there, he mentioned that some drivers were actually asking him, why would a broker show up? <laughs> they were, you know, they were, I don't know how, if they were meaning it ill or negative, but they were asking him, why would a broker show up as if there was a trucker only event? 
you know, I kind of wondered if that was if I would be asked that as well if I showed up. Even though I don't broker, even though I'm not a licensed broker, I often wondered if I would be asked that or kind of questioned about that if I supported this trucker event or one like it. But it kind of comes down to this. What truckers needed in this industry is other supporters who are not sitting in a driver's seat. I know a lot of truck drivers say that you have to be a driver um, to support the trucking industry, but that's not always true. There are brokers out there who are not um, the shady ones who, or who operate without integrity, like some of the ones that, you know, a lot of people complain about all the time. However, I thought it was very interesting that he brought up that he was questioned by some drivers about um, why he was there. I thought it was outstanding that he was there. I thought it was great. I mean, you don't see me driving the 10 hours from Central Illinois to Washington, D.C. to show my support. But, however, I did show my support as much as I can, I guess, online and on this side um, of that demonstration. But anyways, like Steven Hernandez said, Steve was... He's meaning Steve as in your favorite freight broker, freight broker live. Steve was completely misunderstood over there. And I totally agree. It's given a lot of credit for showing up. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what it is. But kind of um, beyond that, you know, over the weekend, you know, it's Tuesday, hard to believe. But over the weekend, a few days ago, I guess right now, you may have seen my post on the group, freight brokers and truck drivers. I made a post on the group after searching for the terms like truckers protest Washington, D.C. or truckers demonstration, D.C., whatever. Um, and I posted a screenshot of a post that I found that was, I don't know who posted it or what the original news source was, but it said uh, uh, something like truckers in D.C. protesting against fuel costs. I was like, what is this? <laughs> you know, at, it was funny at first. I'm not going to lie, but it turned into a little bit this, you know, concerning because if demonstrators or the people who are demonstrating or showing their support, if their messages are not clear. People who are not familiar with the event may look into it and notice that, you know, maybe there's discrepancies or maybe that they will stop believing in the event, which will cause the event to lose all credibility. And no, I'm not talking about people's past or, you know, people who organize events. I'm not talking about their past. I'm talking about their messages. Okay. Because I'm not the first one to say it. there's been a lot of people who said that who who they have interviewed for you know these truckers who are there they said like four or five different reasons why they were there okay and now obviously everybody's going to have their own reasoning to be in washington dc or to be demonstrating to show you know or highlight the issues in the industry however i think it's extremely important that the majority of the people you know demonstrating at least have the same clear message okay we all know most big wigs, you know, the government decision makers or anybody in power, uh, for lack of better words, they're most likely not familiar with the trucking industry. That's why it's extremely important that the message be, you know, organized, you know, logical, clear, all that jazz. Um, yeah, because that's very important. Anyways, this morning, I think it was or yesterday, as I was just saying, Rick, I believe it is Rick Santiago. Um, I believe he's the spokesperson or maybe the organizer, one of the people of this event. He actually mentioned today that local police are now asking him or, you know, implying that truckers need to start, you know, leaving Washington, D.C. From what I gathered, you know, they're basically saying uh, the truckers or presence are known. We see that they're out there. We understand, you know, they have, it, you know, problems was going on, um, but it's time to go. You know, from what I've seen, Rick San Diego, he did leave. I did see some other videos, but it looked like a lot of trucks were still there. So I'm not sure. 
you know, I know a lot of drivers are probably going to be concerned about leaving in lack of better words because they feel like they need to stay there until we see change. But that's why in the beginning I said, you know, I hope truck drivers don't think that they're or have an expectation that there will be in change in a matter of days because these types of things take a while. However, as he did mention, he did make a great point. He said, you know, I, you know, speaking of Rick, Rick mentioned that I led everybody to the lake. Um, now it's time for you to fish. If you kind of keep that, you know, thinking in the front of your mind, I think we can actually get change in this industry. That being said, the actual change that is needed in this industry, not these once and other unrealistic expectations that some people are demonstrating for. But like all things, during demonstrations, during these times when all these buzz were everybody, you know, the social media groups, um, everybody in, you know, different internet media companies, when they're all talking about the same thing, it's natural to have a buzz, um, a certain bit of, um, can't even think of that word, like hype, you know, around it, a lot of hype around it, where some people may forget about reality, okay? I hope a lot of people don't start thinking like that or have it come like this because I can probably imagine here in the next couple of days, people will probably forget about the Washington DC demonstration. I'm not saying people as in, you know, truck drivers, us brokers, you know, some shipper decision makers. I'm talking about the people who matter, who can make, you know, change in the industry. And those happen to be the uh, government bigwigs. But anyways, uh, like I said, we can't change the brokers. We can't change the government. We can't change regulations. We have to focus on what we can change. And that's our own selves, our, you know, our own self, our family, our business, our operations and all that jazz. Um, I do see Steven, he dropped a lane down here, Los Angeles, California to Miami, Florida. So when I do pull up that sonar, I will go ahead and type in that LA to Miami, Florida. Oh, tell me that's a dry van or a reefer. A dry van or a reefer. I can't remember which one you do. Um, but I'll look that up for you just so you can compare it, you know, to your uh, truck stop rate mate, just to kind of see what is looking like on the sonar versus what is looking like in your sonar, excuse me, in your truck stop rate mate, just to kind of get a better idea. Um, I see another comment. I personally think if the brokers refuse cheap rates from the shippers instead of standard rate per mile, there wouldn't be an issue. Pointing fingers at this point isn't getting anyone anywhere. At the end of the day, we need each other to make the, at the end of the day, we need each other to make the chain of demand possible. Shippers, brokers, carriers, and drivers. Um, you know, I'm with you. Okay. So I'm not going to get into it too too deep because I know a lot of people have already have, uh, but there's a difference. And I, I totally agree with you. If, you know, the brokers who are accepting cheaper freight or below market, you know, freight from these shippers, they should rethink, you know, their strategy there, if you will. However, that's not how all brokerages are. I know the megas, they, you know, they, they operate totally different from uh, the little brokerages like you would see in the majority of the groups like mine, freight brokers and truck drivers. Now, in this case, when we're talking about brokers who work off the spot market, let's call them ABC Logistics. Well, if ABC Logistics has this customer like Ace Hardware, I just pulled that name out of a hat. If that's their customer, okay, one day, well, if they give them a rate one day, that shipper is gonna expect a better rate the next if he's being hounded by other trucks, meaning, Again, it all goes back down to supply and demand. If there's more options for Ace Hardware, Ace Hardware is going to expect the rates to be lower. Therefore, they're not going to honor the previous rate from you know the day before. That's how it is on spot market. 
However, if Ace Hardware put out a bid, an RFQ, RFP, whatever they're called now, um, and have that like on a contract lane, most likely Ace Hardware will hold that rate um, to that broker no matter what the market is. Half the year, the rate's good. The other half or part of the year, the rate's bad. Now, Ace Hardware and that same token, they do have the, um, the choice of not accepting or not honoring the contract rate and putting that load on the spot market. Um, however, that's basically what they got there. And so I do agree with you slightly. However, I don't agree with you fully because that's not the case for all brokers, okay? A lot of brokers are still working off the spot market and right now because, like I said, a lot of drivers are accepting freight even when loads are paying under market conditions. The shippers are going to expect that. Therefore, they're almost going to demand the same prices from their brokers when they are working with them. Sorry, I'm about to get a delivery and I think the warehouse guys tell me the um, the truck is coming. But anyways, um, yeah, like I was saying in the beginning, earlier, uh, I think about a month, a couple weeks ago, something like that, I made that video about keeping your enemies closer. And in that video, I used the word enemy to loosely describe how drivers feel about brokers. Steven, I see your comment, Reefer. I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna check out that Reefer rate for you um, so you can compare it. If anybody else has a lane they want me to check on the rate, uh, see what brokers are seeing, if you will, drop them down and I would do that as well. Um, but yeah, anyways, talking about, keep talking about it. <laughs> Going back to that video that's titled something like keeping your enemies close or whatever. I talked about uh, making a list of brokers you, you know, you like working with um, or, you know, the ones that are good to you. The ones that you find on the load boards and building a relationship with them off the load boards. Okay. Now, right now, there's no denying it. You know, right now, shippers, uh, brokers, they can book freight on low boards like truckstop.com in a matter of seconds. Okay. Almost quicker than that. That was too slow, too slow of a snap. But on the same hand, drivers can also book freight just as easy or just as quick using low boards like truckstop or other ones. But the problem is they may not be the best race. Okay. And that's because in a down market like the one we're right now, I mean, bottom of the barrel market, um, that's all you see on the low boards is those bottom of the barrel freight. And it's exactly what I was saying earlier. Because if a shipper or a shipper has a list of freight and he sends it out to the brokers and they all accept it, well, there's no loads to go out on the load boards. Okay. And so that's what kind of what's going on. So right now when the when the market's low, there's no freight on the load board. But what you can do is start building a relationship with all those brokers who are there, ones that you most likely have worked with at least a few times in the past, because there's not a lot of new brokers on the load board with freight, reach out to them. Okay, that's all you got to do. You have to build these relationships with the brokers you use on the load board off of the load board. Okay, and I know a lot of people, especially for the owner operators, it almost seems annoying because on top of driving, a lot of drivers, owner ops, you know, even other drivers, they don't have the time for this additional admin, um, you know, admin work. But if you go through your sent list or your inbox on your email and reach out to last 10 brokers that you have used more than once in the last couple of weeks, I guarantee you, you can start building a good relationship on the back end outside of load boards. And I'm not saying don't use load boards. I think load boards are fantastic if used the proper way. It's kind of like this. Obviously, I don't broker day-to-day -day, you know, anymore. But when I did broker day-to-day, -day, I used the load boards virtually every single day of my nine-year career. However, not on every load. And I'll tell you why. 
just like me and every other broker out there you know when you get a list of loads from a shipper or when a shipper you know forwards you or awards you um a shipment or a list of shipments the first thing i did as a broker i went through my notebook of my core drivers or my core carriers that i use often to ask what they were interested in i'm not the only one i was trained by another broker that done the same thing other brokers do that the point of that is when you make friends with these brokers you probably are going to get the advantage of the freight as soon as they get it not when they get it posted on the load board okay we all have to start understanding the loads that brokers have if they're on the load board is typically the bottom of the barrel stuff i'm not saying that for all freight i worked at a shipper and that shipper we actually posted our own freight on load boards like truck stop and other ones at times when we could not find capacity with brokers or our carriers okay so not only brokers also shippers as well okay that's extremely important because i know a lot of people buy a truck thinking that you know premium loads live on the load boards that's not how it is they live in the mind of a broker and the broker's email and they only know about you when you call them and now one thing that i sent him in that last video i believe looking at my show notes from that uh keeping your enemies closer video one thing i mentioned there is brokers you know i get it truck drivers they do a million things at once especially driving you know worrying about everything around you but brokers they're almost literally doing a million things at once you have your boss micromanaging you you have carriers blowing up your phone asking about loads. you have emails you know working on loads uh probably working with a shipper pro probably working with a receiver trying to figure out something um so during this brokers don't remember anything at least i didn't you know i remember some things um especially they're right out in front of me but if it wasn't right out in front of me i don't remember it i could talk to one driver did an outstanding job today let's say on a friday by monday i could have forgot all about them you guys can prevent that you drivers that's what i'm talking to you drivers can prevent being forgotten about by the brokers by simply bugging them okay um you almost want to annoy them i'm not saying annoy the broker but you almost want to you know call them when they don't have shipments or you're not looking for a shipment as well as emailing them when you're not looking for a shipment or they're not posting one you do that because when they're when they're thinking about drivers or thinking about the carriers they use every day or maybe thinking about the shipments they'll remember oh i have joe in arkansas he calls me 14 times a day letting me know his trunk's empty there let me give him a shout that's the point and like i was saying earlier a lot of owner operators because i said this before they say i don't have time to do that while i'm driving and i totally understand that the only thing is you have to start thinking about trying something new eventually and you don't want that eventually to be when you're being forced to when you're in an economy like this i know some truck drivers you know in a video last week talk about how the market's bad feel bad for you know drivers was going on a lot of people going bankrupt i had carriers messaging me telling me wait i'm not my rates are fine i said well what low board do you use they're like oh buddy i don't use no low board i have direct shippers that's kind of the point and as i often say having direct direct shippers is off off or excuse me you can let me just start all that over usually as i often say having direct shippers is always the end goal however you can find brokers that were just as good as shippers you know payment wise maybe even better um the fairness wise treating you fair as well as the volume there you can find brokers who operate like shippers and that can benefit your operation just like um yeah with the shippers i see your comment there freddie kind of you have guts yeah i don't i don't know who this freddie is but anyways 
that's what you can do to start doing it. Because like I said, when I was a broker, the freight that I had that I could not find, that's what popped up on the low board. Not my good stuff. I know when you call these brokers, they try to tell you or try to sway you or will you that that's all the freight they have. I know you guys are smarter than that. I know you guys don't believe that because that's not all they have. That's just what they're willing to offer you at that moment or willing to post up there on the load boards. And so if you're not interested in calling your brokers or calling your shipper friends to build relationships off the truckstop.com load board, one thing you can do is start preparing your operations by getting organized. In my group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers, if you click on that file section or that files tab uh, towards the very top if you're on an iPhone, there's a whole bunch of resources uploaded that I have uploaded, other members of the group have uploaded, and some that I have found on the internet from like the TIA, FMCSA, and different things like that. I also have templates up there. One's the accessorial rate sheet. I can barely say that word. It's the extra charges rate sheet. So if you're a driver and you're working with these brokers who are not paying things for like detention, truck or not uses, all those silly things. During this time when you're not driving, you have this downtime, you should start thinking about or should start considering adding one of those accessorial uh, rate sheets into your uh, packet there. And now one member of the group, his name slipped my mind. I apologize for it. He mentioned numerous times, I've used him as an example for a number of months. He said that using an, ex an accessorial or an extra rate sheet that he has made for himself, that he included in his packet, he has talked about where TQL even honors his own rates just because he has all that stuff within his packet. Because we all know no one cares about extra charges on the driver's side until the time of billing. And then they start thinking, oh crap, maybe I should have you know, called the broker a couple more times to make sure it's verified and all that jazz. Because at the time of billing, every broker wants to forget, you know, them talking to you when you're at the ship or the receiver for four or five, six hours. But anyways, Vincent put, uh, you can't even get JB Hunt to return your call as we are their gold carrier. Now that's interesting. I actually have a guy that I speak with uh, pretty regularly. He was um, pretty high up at JB Hunt. Although they were a good company. I never you know, uh, use them or have experience with them on the brokerage or carriers or anything like that. So I'm not sure how they are. I just know they have a whole bunch of trucks and all that jazz. But I'm interested to see what that gold carrier is. Do they classify you all in different groups of colors? <laughs> I'm assuming gold carrier means the most because gold is the best. Um, yeah. But anyways, Freddie says, uh, we, whoops, sorry, Freddie. Um, it says we need better solution than that. We have to take different paths um, in this, I believe he's saying. No, I get it. Okay. There's a couple things you can do right now. I guess drivers have a couple uh, choices right now. A, keep hauling freight, you know, like they've been doing the last 20 some odd years off the load boards while we're in a pandemic. Or they can sit out, not post their truck, not haul any loads for any price. Take this time to organize their own operation, prepare themselves with shippers and other brokers. So when the economy does flip, which I think is coming, we're about to check out Sonar in a minute, they will be prepared to start taking those freight. You know, right now there's a lot of people rolling. I can guarantee you the same people, not all of them will be rolling when this market flips for more reasons than one. One of those reasons being cash broke. I could see a lot of carriers, you know, unfortunately being cash broke or credit broke by the time this pandemic is over and the market is flipping that's why i think it's very important that truck drivers start thinking differently if you're driving 
consider parking. <laughs> I think that's what needs to happen. If right now you're taking cheap freight, just keep your wheels turning. Maybe consider not taking the cheap freight anymore. That's all I'm saying there. Um, yes, we are some of their best carriers. Okay, good deal, Vincent. Yeah, I wasn't sure what their JB Hunt's gold carrier is. I wonder what a silver carrier looks like or, you know, whatever. I don't know why they would judge him. But anyways, I'm going to go ahead and pull up the sonar. I have a delivery coming. Um, so I have to get that all situated. Put the forklift people and all that jazz here in a minute. But I want to pull up the sonar here. I always talk about it. I'm going to pull up sonar and I never do. So today's the day. Just give me one second while I log in here. And if you guys, like I said, want to check out any rates on there, let me know. But the board I'm pulling up now. Give me one second. I'm going to share my screen. The audio may cut as I share my screen, but I'll be right back with y'all here. Okay. Boom. One moment. Showing stream. Wrong guy. All right. All right. All right. Can you guys hear me? I hope you guys can hear me. I know sometimes the audio cuts out, um, but anyways, here we are. Uh, Sonar 6.0, whatever. Okay. Just um, I want to say real quick, I am not sponsored or work for FreightWaves or Sonar or anything like that. I'm a paying member. I pay nearly 200 bucks a month to access this system to show data. I just want to say that because some people feel I'm paid by FreightWaves Sonar. I pay them. <laughs> but anyways, here's the uh, Sonar. The view we are actually looking at um, are going to look at. Let me find it here. Do, 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 do. Boom. Okay. And now I know some of y'all depending on a device that you are working or excuse me, device that you are watching this broadcast on. If you guys are listening on the podcast, obviously you cannot see my screen, but if you're watching me on Facebook or in my Facebook watch party, you should see a screen that says van outbound tender reject index USA at the very top with a whole bunch of colors and graphs. I see on my phone that is popping up. So I'm waiting to it does before I start. Awesome. Okay. You may have to expand your screen to see it, but Here's what we're looking at. We're looking at the van outbound tender reject index versus the truck stop rate per mile on a few popular lanes. Now, I did not make this chart. Truckstop.com, excuse me, I apologize. My contact at Freightways, rather, sent me this pre-made chart with the um, data here, you know, for me to do this. Anyways, here's what it's looking at. If you don't know, the outbound tender reject is like this. If a shipper has you know, 10 loads and they send them to their broker or carrier and they reject them, well, this rejection index will go up and those loads will most likely go in the spot market onto load boards like truckstop.com. Okay. Now with my face over here, it's going to be hard to see um, some lines past April 29th, but bear with me because I'm going to tell you all about those. So here, what we're looking at, this blue line here, is the van outbound tender reject for the entire US. As you can see in the middle of April, it was one of the highest this outbound tender reject has been. I think that's um, over about five and currently it's about two and a half. So we're getting better, excuse me. The tender outbound rejection uh, index is decreasing in terms of number. Now what else we're looking at, this purple line right here that you see, I don't know if you see my mouse, but this big old purple line that's going you know, straight up north uh, northeast, if you look here, that purple line is actually representing uh, the Chicago. Whoops, let me click on mine. I apologize. This one's actually representing the LAX to Seattle. So the van for the truckstop.com van rate per mile between LA and Seattle 
we're showing this little spike here. Now, before I describe what all this means, I'm going to go through them, okay? One of my favorite areas is Chicago because I'm from the Midwest, from Illinois in particular. The Chicago to Atlanta is going to be represented in this purplish color that looks very similar to the other ones. As you can see here, it dropped, it dropped, dropped, dropped. Right around the beginning of May, we start going up there. I'm not going to talk about it yet. Going to still go along. This yellow guy right here, this is the LAX to um, Dallas. I didn't know that was... Oh, I see. LAX to Dallas. This yellow is LAX to Dallas, okay? And this red guy right here is the Chicago to Los Angeles for a van. And this is representing the rate per mile. Now, what does all this mean? Well... You don't need to be an expert to understand this graph because I'm going to tell you. When you have a decline in something, that means, in this case, the rate per mile is going down. As you see it increase, well, obviously, that means the rate per mile is, in, is increasing. Now, I have not looked at this chart in probably two weeks. And the reason, because, reason being is because we all know that the market um, was down. We didn't need to look at data to know that because we can just look in the freight groups and see that you know, freight rates and freight volume is way down. However, what I like or what I'm looking at here that I like seeing is the fact that we're starting to have upward movement. Not all of them. You know, our little orange guy here, which is uh, Philly to Chicago, which is common. He's still kind of showing a little downhill tick there. However, all the other little guys, they're kind of showing some uptick movement. Some bigger than others, you know, like on this one, the LAX to or Los Angeles to Seattle for a van rate per mile, we are showing an increase. Like that one down here I just said for that uh, Philly to Chicago, we're kind of showing a decrease a little bit, not too much. LAX to Seattle showing a, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, that's Chicago to LA. We're showing a decrease as well. However, all the other ones are showing an uptick. Look at all these. Okay. To me, this means that the market is slowly but surely inching back up. And now, I know this does not look as positive as what we need it to be or what drivers you know, desperately, desperately need it to be. However, the good news is we're not showing this downward you know, uh, path here. I, you know, I'm not, I don't work on Wall Street, so I don't know the right words to use, but... You know, down here back in, you know, before May, middle of April, it was just going down. It was like, how low can it possibly go? However, everything started going back up. And like I said, this is only for the six popular lanes. Atlanta to Dallas, Philly to Chicago, Chicago to Atlanta, LA to Dallas, LA to Seattle, Chicago to LA. These are, these are all for van rate per mile. And if you guys are just joining, this is showing how the market is slightly, ever so slightly improving don't be running off and saying freight rates are going up tomorrow because that's not exactly what it's showing it's just showing a little bit of uptick in some of the major lanes um going there and like i said this is being compared to the outbound tender reject um it's kind of saying as you see more rejections usually mean a higher freight rate of course situation would dictate to see how that is but that's basically what we got on the truck stop rate per mile so if you guys are a truck stop you know, customer subscriber rather, and you have that rate mate um, feature into your subscription, you kind of see the the rates uh, presented to you differently. It may just show like a dollar eighty six or dollar ninety. What this view is showing is this. You know, truckstop.com and Freightways recently teamed up, started collaborating together 
to start using the rates that used to be hidden hidden inside Truckstop to compare them to other data points in the industry. I absolutely like it because just by looking at this, I can see, well, the rates on truckstop.com are going up. Not on all of them, however they are. But I think we all expect Chicago to, or excuse me, Philly to Chicago to be cheap anyways. But I think it's always been cheap, at least uh, uh, coming out of that market there. But that's basically with that with that rate mate. Oh, I apologize, Steven. Let me go and look at your rate there. Okay, this is that predictive rates. If you guys are familiar with freight waves or listen to their stuff there, you may have heard them speak about their sonar predictive rates. I'm not a broker. I'm not a carrier. So I don't use this for my day-to-day -day operations like some of y'all will. But I help out carriers, insider group, freight brokers, and truck drivers, and sometimes brokers look up rates so they can compare them to systems like the truckstop.com uh, rate mate there. But what does Steven say? He wanted me to look up. He has a reefer for LA to Miami. I'm just going to look it up. And one thing about this thing is it only shows like van and reefer. I already forgot. Uh, what do you say? LA to Miami. Okay. I'm kind of curious what this will say here. Uh, Miami. Boom, boom, boom. Cement. Boom. And now I'm assuming what this means is a little drop down menu here. I'm assuming if I pay for other subscriptions like in the truckstop.com or other ones, it will allow me to do it. However, it's not. So this is what this is showing me. If you guys can see on your screen and maybe a little bit pixelated, so I apologize. So I'll explain it. At the top, I inputted the LA to Miami for a, um, I didn't put equipment, but this is only showing van or reefer. It's showing for the sonar predictive rate for this lane. It's showing a low of $1.11 uh, per mile to a high of $1.78 per mile with the medium being $1.45 a mile. And now I'm curious, Stephen, what kind of, uh, let me go back up. What kind of rates are you getting on this lane or what kind of, uh, what kind of quotes are you, are you giving brokers for this lane? Kind of curious for that one. You know, that seems, um, <laughs> I don't want to say a little low. It seems a lot low, especially going into Miami because about right now, what are you going to get out of Miami? I mean, we're going to get out of anywhere. You're not going to get much um, out of anywhere. But that's basically what that rate, this predictive rate thing is. Like I said, or like I said in past videos, all these rating tools that are provided by other companies, you know, some people say I don't use them because they're not accurate. While, you know, some people say, well, that's all I use. And I, you know, compare all of my freight to them. I say like this. Use your best judgment, okay? I have the sonar, you know, thing just to look at market data. It just includes its predictive rates. That's why I, you know, tinker with it every once in a while, if you will. But you guys can use systems like this to compare lanes and rates that you see within your low boards like truck stop. You know, when you're using truck stop, it kind of shows what the rate should be, kind of shows if it's a broker's market or if it's a um, carrier's market. Well, this is more of just like a complex version, I believe, of it. It just kind of spits out a rate, and that's basically it. But that's it. You know, everybody's rates are different. When I brokered, I had one market rate, and I got those market rates by doing this. If I had a load from Chicago to Atlanta, I would look up, you know, the, the rate mate or, you know, ask some friends around or look up my historical data. However, what I would do to get my rate if a customer said, Craig, Chicago to Atlanta, give me a rate, call me back in 15 minutes. What I would spend those 15 minutes on is calling 10 drivers around Chicago saying, hey, buddy, what would it take for you to go to Chicago to 
Atlanta, you know, give them all the details. I'll call 10 drivers, write down all the rates, get the average, circle it, boom. That's what that that's what my market rate is. I know a lot of people do them differently. I know as these systems and tools and features, you know, grow and become smarter, if you will, um, you could probably do less calling. However, that's just how I do it. Um, but I think it's great. But anyways, one thing I do want to mention is, I know I talked about a lot of simple stuff like building relationships with your brokers, you know, finding the shippers you have probably worked with that you didn't know on the low boards like truck stop, reaching out to them, you know, to ask them how they are, what freight they working on and let them know where your trucks are at and not just asking for loads. You guys can do more than that. Most of you guys are using load boards. The majority of y'all are using more than one load board. Do you guys know that there's a whole bunch of features and tools and stuff available to you that you may not be using, but the megas are? That <laughs> There's a ton of tools. I don't want to pull it up because uh, I don't have access to the truck stop load board to show you or the driver version to show you. But on the driver side, there's a bunch of tools and features and stuff that you guys can use to arm yourselves, if you will, to negotiate stronger with brokers and shippers when that time comes. I know it, they're hard to you know, find sometimes or they may seem overwhelming when you're not sure exactly how to use them or what they're for. But the good news is on the majority of the load boards, like on TruckStop, you can simply just call their sales line and they'll pass you over to like their training department or someone who can train you on those features like in 30 minutes. I have done that countless times with every system I've ever used. I always sign up for their free, you know, virtual training or like a free 30 minute phone call to tell me what I need to know. The difference is systems like Sonar, I try to do like a training every week and I still don't know how to navigate that board. It is way too complex. That's why I like the simple platforms um, like the shipper made and the rate made and all that jazz on the other low boards. Um, yeah, Michael, I'm with you. Definitely need the rates to go back up. We all do. <laughs> you know, I want to be honest. You guys could probably go back, you know, back in like February, March, when all this shenanigans first started. I wasn't one preaching, don't worry, rates are going to go back up, you know, sooner than later. Man, I thought they were sure. I thought for sure they would be up, you know, in April. Here it is, May, and they're still going down just ever so slightly. But we all know why. <laughs> besides the brokers and besides you know what may be going on you know with the rates between them and the shippers what's happening is the overcapacity with a lack of freight volume not all of y'all are sitting out and like i said i definitely understand why you guys can't i'm not blaming you guys the ones who cannot sit out i don't blame it at all because you know i'll probably be out rolling around too just to try to generate some cash even if the cash is not a lot however if some of y'all start sitting out we may start seeing rates go back up a little bit sooner than later, but that's just my opinion. I just kind of follow what the data shows me and kind of what I believe in, and that's just that. But basically, that's all I got for this Make More Money Mondays on a Tuesday. I don't oh know what I say in the beginning. I think I said I'm going to call it uh, Truck Stop Tuesday. <laughs> that's what we can call it. So this Make More Money Mondays is actually a Truck Stop uh, Tuesday here. Oh, Kyle Graves. I'm gonna see what old Kyle says. Kyle says the marketing is the market is tightening. I'm having a harder time moving load loads. And when this freight comes back and we get this whiplash, watch rates skyrocket to three dollars a mile. Now, if you guys are not familiar, Kyle Graves is a uh, a broker, but he's definitely a trusted truckers ally 
in the logistics industry. Definitely very active in all the freight groups. Not just mine, freight broker truck drivers, but all the other ones. But anyways, I have worked with Kyle. I met him, you know, a couple of times there in Phoenix when I lived there. I have also worked with them with other people in the industry on different projects. He's a great guy. I always, you know, he brokers day to day. So when I have questions or want to know where the market is swinging, I often look to see what he is posing or what he's working on because that kind of tells me a little bit more than what I did before. So he's saying right now the market is tightening. He's having a harder time moving loads, which is great for the truckers out there. Maybe more of y'all are sitting out or maybe more of you guys are just starting to demand more um, rates for loads. But like I said in the very beginning, during this time, during the time, you know, rates are low and volumes even lower, instead of just uh, venting or being angry at brokers and other shipper decision makers, use this time to sharpen up your tools in your box to be prepared and organized once the market does go up so you can start taking advantage of, what do you say, $3 a mile or more freight once the market flips. Because like all things, it will flip. How much lower can it possibly go? At this point, I think it's the lowest it is, and we're just kind of like looking up. So find brokers to build relationships with, like the dude, uh, Kyle Graves. Find people like him, okay? I'm not sure if he wants a whole bunch of people spamming his inbox or messaging him, but find similar people like that who are very active in the freight groups who are willing to tell you what they're working on and what they believe and their opinions, and you guys can make um, a better judgment or a more informed decision from that. Well, that's all I got for this uh, Truck Stop Tuesday. Until next time, remember, say no to cheap freight, remain professional, and let's figure out more ways to make more money in the year 2020. That's all I got. I'll see you later.